0: On what station can you hear talk shows, country music, Gaelic music, oldies, funk, and more? Why, it's the University of Central Missouri's The Beat, the best in college
1: radio. Did you
0: know that it costs zero dollars to make someone smile? A simple act of kindness can go a long way. You may walk past tons of people a day not even knowing their story. Someone could probably be having one of the worst days, but a simple compliment on their outfit or even helping them out with a small task can change a bad day to a good one. No matter what, always try to give your neighbor a reason to smile.
1: tobacco use affects youths all across the
0: United States. Millions of youth are at risk for disease and even death due to tobacco use. Talk to your kids about tobacco use and how it can affect their lungs. Help keep the future of this nation safe from tobacco-related illnesses. According to a study by IBM, 95% of all cybersecurity breaches result from human error. That adds up to about $3.13 million of loss in 2020 alone and accounts for acts like downloading infected files or software and storing weak passwords in easy to find places. When everything is online, you can't afford to not be. Protect yourself and others online. Learn more and how at CISA.gov.
1: Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that just got me stumped. Childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org.
0: Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America. Blood drives are a significant event. 4.5 million people need a transfusion each year. One out of seven people entering a hospital need blood. And only 37% of the United States population is eligible to donate blood. It only takes about an hour to save a life. Even one pint of blood can save up to three people's lives. So, if you want to help, please visit redcrossblood.org to set up an appointment today.
1: You are now turned into
2: the dopest college radio station. UCM the beat. Keep it locked. U C M the beat. All
3: right guys, welcome back to Taking the Snap. Let's recap the Saturday games from the Wild Card round and holy moly was it Freaking incredible. It was very, very crazy. First, let's recap the Chargers and the Jaguars. That was an incredible game. That was one of the best games I think I've ever seen. The Chargers forced five turnovers and still lost. Like, how do you do that? Seriously. That was... I was shocked by that, you know? It was... I don't even know what to say. I'm at a loss for words because the Jaguars were down, get this, 27 to nothing at one point. Okay? Now, normally, you'd think, oh, hey, 27 to nothing. You'd think it'd be over, but no, 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 no. The Jaguars said, not in my house. And, well, they won. 31 to 30. That was a very... Exciting, entertaining game. As I said before, Austin Eckler started off the game with a rushing touchdown after Trevor Lawrence threw his first of four interceptions that night. And the Jaguars, you know, they turn the ball over again. Cameron Dicker, yes, that is the kicker's name, Dicker the Kicker. Anyway, he got a 22 yard field goal, and then Austin Eckler once again ran it in from six yards out, giving the Chargers a 17 to nothing lead at that point. Now, at that point, I was like, okay, game's over. You know, you're going to lose. But the Jaguars, they did not flinch whatsoever. Touchdown by Gerald Everett, nine yards from Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, who was one of the greatest, I think, to ever play the game, you know. Now he's still very young. He's still got a lot to learn, but he's he's learning. Then finally to end the Jaguars pain. They forced a field goal twenty three yards from Cameron Dicker once again, twenty seven to nothing and at that point I was like, Okay, no Jags just hang up, just hang it up. Doug Peterson just Just go, you know? But they stayed resilient. They did not give up. Evan Ingram, with 24 seconds left in the first half, caught a nine-yard pass from Trevor Lawrence. Touchdown Jags, the first of the night. Trevor Lawrence did not struggle after that. Third quarter rolls around, and with five minutes and 11 seconds, Marvin Jones, who is a wide receiver, Caught a six yard pass from Trevor Lawrence, a sliding catch in the end zone. That was a very good play, in my opinion. 27 to 14, Jaguars. And you're thinking, okay, 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 calm down, calm down. 2.58 left. Cameron Dicker nailed a 50 yard field goal to put the Chargers up 30 to 14. All right, you got some back. You got three points back. Not too bad. Zay Jones caught, catches a 39 yard pass from Trevor Lawrence with 44 seconds left. Two point attempt fails, unfortunately, and the Jaguars are down 30 to 20 at that point. Fourth quarter rolls around. Christian Kirk, nine yard pass from Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence ran it in from two yards out. Excuse me, from one yard out, because prior to that play, Joey Bosa, excuse me, Joey Bosa, who is one of the greatest defenders, I think, on the Chargers. And Khalil Mack, along with him, you know. But we're talking about Bosa here, right? Bosa, unfortunately, got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Now, you cannot do that in the NFL, okay? That was half the distance of the goal. You basically, Bosa, you basically gave them an extra point. And then to round it out, Travis Etienne ran it. To the twenty-yard line, and the Jags ran the clock out and got the game-winning field goal. Final score: thirty-one to thirty. The Jags move on to the NFC to the AFC divisional. Let's do an NFC game now. The NFC games were very competitive, but let's do the Saturday one first, if you don't mind. The 49ers defeated the Seahawks 41-23. to First quarter, Robbie Gould, 34-yard field goal. You're thinking, all right, it's only field goal. It's only three. DK Metcalf and Geno Smith are going to go off, right? Nope. They unfortunately did not. It was a three and out. Christian McCaffrey then caught a three-yard pass from Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, one of three touchdowns on the day. He finished 18 for 30, 332 yards and three touchdowns. Brock Purdy, fun fact, was the last overall pick in the player draft. Drafted by the 49ers, so they nicknamed him Mr. Irrelevant. Now, that's a little bit mean. I got to admit, I don't like that nickname, but, you know, it's not mine. Geno Smith in this game, 25 for 35, 253 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. Kenneth Walker led the Seahawks in rushing, 15 carries on 63 yards. Geno Smith also carried the ball four times, but that was mostly on scrambles. DK Metcalf led the team in receiving, no surprise there. Ten ten receptions. 136 yards and two touchdowns. Now, DK Metcalf is one of the greatest wide receivers, I think, to ever play in the NFL. He's very, very talented. Christian McCaffrey, though, led the, team, led the 49ers in rushing 15 carries for 119 yards. That's 7.9 yards per carry. That's pretty impressive. You know, and 49ers ended up winning. They will host the number six seed, excuse me, the number five seed, Dallas Cowboys. Let's go back to the scoring plays. Kenneth Walker in the second quarter ran it in from seven yards out. Jason Myers added an extra point. So at that point, you're thinking, okay, 49ers fan, games close. Robbie Gold then kicks a 33-yard field goal to put him up by six. DK Metcalf then catches a 50-yard pass from Geno Smith to the house for the touchdown, putting the Seahawks up 14-13. to Field goal with 13 seconds left by Robbie Gold. 46 yards is good. And finally, to end the half, Jason Myers nails a 56-yard field goal to give the... Seahawks the lead to begin the to end the half. Now in the third quarter, Brock Purdy ran it in from one yard out, touchdown, 49ers, Robbie Gold as an extra point, 23 to 17 at that point, and that was the only score of the third quarter. Elijah Mitchell then catches a seven yard pass from Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy then passes to George Kittle for a two point conversion and I've never seen a tight end more wide open than George Kittle was, okay? He was so open you could have you could have just lobbed it up to him and he still would have caught it. Debo Samuel, 74 yard pass from Brock Purdy. Robbie Gold adds the extra point, 38 to 17. You're thinking, all right, come on, this game's over at this point. I mean, really. Robbie Gold then adds on a 31 yard field goal making it 41-17. I turned it off at that point. I was like, this game's over. Let's just move on to the next game. Then DK Metcalf catches a three-yard pass from Geno Smith. Two-point conversion and unfortunately failed. And that was the final. Let's move on to the Sunday games. And these games were very competitive to the end of the game. First off, the Buffalo Bills. Somehow survived the Miami Dolphins. 34 to 31 was the final score. And first quarter, Dawson Knox from Josh Allen. Six yards, touchdown. I didn't expect anything less from this point on because the Bills are the team to beat in the AFC. It's not even close. Now, of course, the Chiefs, they. They are also the team to beat, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. James Cook then runs it in from 12 yards out. Tyler Bass adds an extra point, 14 to nothing. Second quarter rolls around, field goal from Tyler Bass again, 33 yards this time. And then Josh Allen starts to struggle a lot. He starts turning the ball over, interception after interception. Jason Sanders adds three straight field goals on three straight possessions for the Dolphins, making the score 17-9. And then, with 33 seconds left, Mike Gasicki caught a 70-yard pass from local Ford Osage high school student Skylar Thompson, who passed a Tyree kill for two-yard two-point conversion, is good. So that ties up the score at 17-0. And then at the end of the half, Tyler Bass nails a 39-yard field goal to give the Buffalo Bills the lead at halftime. Now, third quarter rolls around, and three and a half for the Dolphins to start it, but then Josh Allen fumbles the ball, and Zach Seiler runs it in from five yards out, fumble return for a touchdown. Jason Sanders adds on the extra point, putting the Dolphins up. 24 to 20. All right. You're getting a little bit closer. Cole Beasley then, Pat, then catches a six-yard pass from Josh Allen. Tyler Bass adds the extra point. 27 to 24. The Bills have the lead. Gabe Davis, once again, Mr. January. Catches the 23-yard pass from Josh Allen. Tyler Bass adds the, on the extra point making the score 34 to 24 and at that point I was like ah dang it the dolphins are going to lose but not just not but not so fast the the dolphins got a touchdown from Jeff Wilson Jr 1 yard out Jason Sanders added on the extra point making the score 34 to 31 and at that point I was like okay if they can just get the ball back and get a first down they can take it down and score And possibly send the game into overtime, but unfortunately, the Bills' defense made a huge stop. The New York Giants defeated the Minnesota Vikings 31-24. to That was one of the greatest upsets of the week, I think, in my opinion, because, I mean, come on. How do you lose... How do you lose to a team that was nine-seven and one, barely made the playoffs? You were a divisional champion, Minnesota. That was absolutely awful. So let's see the scoring, please. Kirk Cousins one-yard run in the first quarter from one yard out. Greg Joseph adds on the extra point, seven to nothing, Minnesota. All right, Kirk Cousins. Then Saquon Barkley, one of the greatest running backs of our era runs it in from 28 yards out. Graham Gano adds the extra point so ties up the score at 7. Vikings would then go 3 and out again. No surprise there. Primetime Kirk Cousins is absolutely awful. I don't think he should be anywhere near anywhere near primetime. Isaiah Hodgins Catches a 14-yard pass from Daniel Jones. Graham Gano adds on the extra point. 14-7 Giants at the end of one. You're thinking, what in the world is happening to the Vikings? But not so fast. They force a field goal, and Graham Gano adds it on from 25 yards out. K.J. Osborne then catches a 9-yard pass from Kirk Cousins with 45 seconds left in the half to make it 17-14 at halftime. And... At that point, you're thinking, oh, come on. There's no way the Vikings are going to come back and get this one. Daniel Jones passes to Daniel Bellinger for nine yards. Graham Gunot adds on the extra point 24 to 14, Giants. Irv Smith then catches a the three yard pass from Kirk Cousins. Greg Joseph adds on the extra point 24 to 21. You're thinking, all right. If the Vikings get the ball back, they can absolutely just dominate, run the clock out, and win. But that did not happen. Fourth quarter rolls around 1234 to go in the game. Greg Joseph nails the 38 yard field goal to tie at the score 24 to 24. And finally, last but not least, the final scoring play, Saquon Barkley ran it in from two yards out. Graham Gonneau added the extra point, and that was the nail in the coffin. The Giants lost, excuse me, the Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings, which was, in my opinion, the greatest upset of the week. Kurt Cousins was 31 of 39, 273 yards and two touchdowns, while Dalvin Cook carried the ball 15 times for 60 yards. Not that impressive. TJ Hawkinson led the team in receiving yards, 10 receptions for 129 yards. Unfortunately, no touchdowns. Let's take a look at Justin Jefferson, though. Justin Jefferson is one of the greatest wide receivers in our era. He only had seven catches for 47 yards. The Giants defense really did a good job of locking him down. Let's move on to Sunday Night Football, and I did not get to watch most of of this one, unfortunately, because I had to. Work. Yes, I'm a working man. The Cincinnati Bengals defeat the Baltimore Ravens 24-17, and they move on to the AFC Divisional to face the Buffalo Bills, which we'll get to in just a teeny tiny bit. Let's talk about the scoring plays. There was not much scoring in the first quarter, only a 39-yard field goal from Evan McPherson. That was pretty much it in the first quarter. 39 yards, they go up, 3 nothing. Then in the second quarter, 14.56 to go in the half. Jamar Chase, no surprise there, catches a pass from Joe Burrow. Evan McPherson, unfortunately, missed the extra point, which it's shocking for him because he is a very talented kicker. With 4.53 to go, J.K. Dobbins catches a two-yard pass from Tyler Huntley, who filled in for the injured Lamar Jackson. Justin Tucker adds on the extra point, to 9-7. And Justin Tucker then adds on a 22-yard field goal at the end of the half to make it 10-9 to at halftime. Joe Burrow then runs it in from one yard out. With 5.02 to go in the third quarter, making it 17 to 10, which T. Higgins later on caught the extra the two point conversion. then DeMarcus Robinson with 2.13 to go in the third quarter caught a 41 yard pass from Tyler Huntley Just picker added on the extra point, making the score 17 all. And then you you're, you're not going to believe this. This is absolutely incredible. Sam Hubbard, who is a defensive lineman, ran it in from 98 yards, fumble return for a touchdown. Evan McPherson adds on the extra point, and after that, the Bengals basically put the game away. That's the final. I was hoping that the Ravens will win because I absolutely hate the Bengals, but... It unfortunately did not happen. And finally, the Monday night game, 31-14, the Cowboys beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, oh my gosh, this game was very interesting from the very beginning. Both teams, 3 and out to start their night's very pathetic start. Dalton Schultz catches a 22-yard pass from Dak Prescott. In the first quarter, with 6.28 to go, touchdown, Dallas. But Brett Maher missed the extra point. That was one of four misses on the night. You heard me right. One of four misses. In the second quarter, 6 nothing. Dak Prescott runs it in from one yard out, touchdown, Dallas. And Brett Maher once again misses the extra point, 27-6. 27 seconds left. Dalton Schultz as on another touchdown. But unfortunately, Brett Maher missed this one again. Michael Gallup catches a two-yard pass from Dak Prescott in the third quarter after the Bucks had a three and out to start the game, to start the half, excuse me. Ten o four left and Brett Maher misses again. Tom Brady then starts to come back. He's trying to climb back into this one. Julio Jones catches a 30-yard pass from Tom Brady. Two-point pass conversion was no good, so it's 24-6 to at the end of the third quarter. Fourth quarter rolls around, and guess who? C.D. Lamb catches an 18-yard pass from Dak Prescott. This time, Brett Maher finally nails an extra point. Let's go. Cameron Bright then catch the eight-yard pass from Tom Brady. Tom Brady then passed to Mike Evans for a two-point conversion, making the score 31-14, and that would be your final. Tom Brady is eliminated from the playoffs. Yay! Tom Brady is eliminated. I did not expect that at all. I thought that the Cowboys were going to suck, but just shows how much I know. And here's a fun fact for you. Are you ready for this? This is the first season since 2009 that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have not won a playoff game. Pretty interesting stat, right there. All right, guys, we're going to take another quick break. Coming up, I'll be talking about my grades for the each for each NFL team. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to
1: Taking the Snap on UCM The Beat. In 2020,
3: men died by suicide 3.88 times more than women. That number is way too high. That's why the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is available to all men. Call 988 if you are struggling. You're not alone, there is help. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer and I'm 82.
1: My wife, who was also blind,
3: was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch.
0: One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
2: One in nine people worldwide go to bed hungry each night. That's why UCM students and faculty are encouraged to visit the UCM Campus Covered. Campus Covered is a volunteer-based charity dedicated to alleviating hunger and financial burdens in the UCM community. Any UCM faculty, staff member, or student who presents a valid ID may select 10 items per week from Campus Covered. Campus Covered is located in the lower level of the UCM Student Rec and Wellness Center and is open Tuesday through Thursday from 3 to 5.30 p.m.
1: UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri.
3: All right, guys, welcome back to Taking the Snap. Let's see what the NFL was like this season. This was an absolutely crazy, crazy NFL season. Let's recap each team's season, and I'll give my grade for each team and how they did. Now, most of them did not do well. Let's start it off. The AFC East, the Buffalo Bills, 13-3. and They won the division. The Bills were one of the powerhouse teams, and I thought that the Monday night game against the Bengals and the Bills was going to be a classic thriller, but unfortunately, DeMar Hamlin that whole that whole situation happened. I am glad he is okay. But I understand why the NFL canceled the game. But I mean, I'm happy the Chiefs got the number one seed. But what I'm not happy about is how it happened. I would have much rather had the Bengals. I would have much rather had the Bengals play instead of. Them canceling the game because of that whole situation. Bills are the number two seed in the AFC, and they are still in the playoffs. Next up, second place, Miami Dolphins. They went nine and eight. Nine and eight with Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and they even traded for. They even traded away one of their greatest. Edge rushers Bradley Chubb, excuse me, they acquired him from the Broncos, and unfortunately, that did not help Mike McDaniel. Still, he's got a lot to learn. Okay, now he did make the playoffs as the number one, as the number seven seed, nine and eight, not a bad record, but they could have done a lot better. next up the New England Patriots, unfortunately, missed the playoffs, eight and nine on the season. Finishing 4-4 at home and 4-5 on the road. They lost in Buffalo, and it was pretty much a win-and-in situation. The Patriots' defense was very weak this year. I think they regressed a lot. Let's move on to the New York Jets. This was a huge surprise for me because here's the thing. I did not expect the Jets to do much if anything this year, but they surprised me. They got seven wins, not not too shabby. Seven and ten. They finished three and five at home, four and five on the road, and they ended the season with a six game losing streak, unfortunately. Let's move on to the AFC West, my favorite division. The Kansas City Chiefs got the number one seed at 14 and 3. They finished 7 and 1 on the road, 7 and 1 at home, excuse me, 7 and 2 on the road, and they finished the season with a five game winning streak, getting the number one seed with a win over the Raiders in week 18. The Chargers then made it into the playoffs as a number five seed, 10 and 7. They were five and three at home, five and four on the road, and they unfortunately, they unfortunately lost to the Denver Broncos. But what are you gonna do? The Las Vegas Raiders finished in third place at six and eleven. Even with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, they really struggled on the road. Okay, get this—they went two and seven on the road. That's oh my gosh, that's pathetic. The, it's not as bad as the Broncos, though. The Broncos finished 5-12. and 12. That's a 294 winning percentage. That's absolutely awful. They went 4-4 four and four at home, but what killed them was going, get this. Oh, boy. This is embarrassing. 1-8 on the road. Now, they did finish with a win streak of 1, which not too bad. I mean, you beat the Chargers, but... Still, let's move on to the AFC North. The Bengals, the Bengals finished at 12 and 4. Now I know you're thinking, how did they finish 12 and 4? They're 17 games. Well, because of that Monday night fiasco, they cannot, re- they cannot make up the game. So the Bengals ended up playing one less game, as did the Bills. The Ravens finished at 10 and 7. The Steelers finished at 9-8, and, and finally in last place, the Cleveland Browns finished at 7-10. Cleveland Browns fans, you got something to look forward to in Deshaun Watson. I mean, he gave you a few wins. Now, it might not have been that much, but it's still there. The AFC South was absolutely horrendous this year, okay? It had the Jacksonville Jaguars winning the division at 9 and 8. And the Jaguars, including their win over the Chargers in the wild card round, are now on a six-game winning streak. I'm absolutely terrified to play them. The Titans finished at 7 and 10. That was absolutely pathetic. And they fired their general manager, which, it's not his fault. The team just sucked. I mean, they had way too many injuries. The Colts... They fired their head coach halfway through the season, and Jeff Saturday took over and basically said, "Eh, I'll do the same thing that the other coach did, which is Frank Reich. He's like, Nope, I'll just choke it away. And the most embarrassing loss for him, in my opinion, was when the Colts had a 33 to nothing lead in the first half, and they proceeded to choke it away. And finally, coming in last place, no surprise, the Houston Texans at 3 13 and 1. The Eagles got the number one seed in the NFC East. They won the division at 14 and 3, 7 and 2 at home, 7 and 1 on the road. They finished beating the Giants 22 to 16, as I said earlier. The Cowboys finished 12 and 5. 8-1 at home, but 4-4 and on the road, which is not too shabby. The New York Giants finished 9-7-1 with a winning percentage of five fifty nine. Now, you may be asking, what was the one tie? Well, it was to the Washington Commanders of all teams. I mean, seriously, the Washington Commanders? Pathetic Giants, really. The Commanders then finished in the last place at 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, which doesn't really make any sense considering the fact that they were 4-5 and five at home and 4-3 and on the road. Now, they did finish positively with a win over the Cowboys, but that's not really a surprise because the Cowboys have pretty much choked away every single lead they have had this year. The 49ers finished with the number two seed in the NFC. I'm going to go ahead and start the grading. I'm going to give the 49ers an A because of that trade they made for Christian McCaffrey. 13 and 4. They finished 8 and 1 at home, 5 and 3 on the road, and they ended up winning 10 in a row after losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Seahawks finished at 9 and 8 in the NFC West. I'm going to give them a a high C. I'll give them a high C because Geno Smith proved this year that he's he's an elite quarterback. Pete Carroll came back and absolutely he drove this team to the playoffs. Very impressive. The Rams, I'm going to give them an F because here's the thing: the Rams had a horrible, horrible season. They finished five and twelve, four and seven, four and five at home, one and seven on the road. You get you get an F automatically because you had too many injuries. First off, second off, Sean McVay was absolutely pathetic in his decision making. Matthew Stafford's way too old. Finally, in last place, the Arizona Cardinals, four and thirteen. I am finally glad they fired. They fired Cliff Kingsbury. I am very glad about that because he was horrible as the head coach. Okay, the NFC North moving on. The Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to go ahead and give them an A because they won their division. I thought the Packers were going to win the division, but little did I know that the Packers would struggle right out of the gate. The Lions, I'm going to give them a B. I did not expect them to do much of anything this year, but they actually improved. They got a winning record for the first time in a very long time. The Packers finished in third place at 8-9-ish. I expected better than that, Aaron Rodgers. I think he should retire, in my opinion. I'm going to give them, I'm going to give the Packers a C for effort, okay? And finally, the final team in the NFC North, we have the Chicago Bears. Yikes. 3-14, and 14. I'm going to give you an F. Now, I personally think you intentionally tanked. So you could get the number one pick, but you already have a quarterback. So why are you why are you trying to get the number one pick? That's my that's my opinion. Moving on to the NFC South. Yes, both South divisions this year were absolutely horrendous. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the division at eight and nine. The other three teams, they all finished with the same record at seven and ten. You know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. The entire NFC South gets an F. The entire division. Now let's grade the AFC. Bills, I'm going to give them an A. Dolphins, I'm going to give them a a B because they made the playoffs. Patriots, you get a C. Jets, you get a C forever. Okay? Chiefs, A. Not surprised there because, well, Chiefs are absolutely incredible. All right, guys, that's going to do it for my grades for each team. I know I may have missed some, but we're going to take a quick break. Coming up, I will be talking about the divisional round, who I think will win, and what's next for Tom Brady. You're listening to Taking the Snap
1: on UCM The Beat. Did you know that millions of animals are either abused or
0: abandoned every year in the United States? Donate to your local animal shelter today. And if you have room in your home, why not adopt a furry little friend to add to your family? Be a part of the change. Be a part of saving a helpless animal's life. Hey everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than cooking up a big meal for family and friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. These children, that's one out of every five, often have to skip meals because there's just nothing to eat in the kitchen. Yet there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food produced right here in America to feed every last hungry child. If only there was a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collect surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across our country. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America at your local food bank and at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America.
1: A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.
2: Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. It's been a long time in the making, but it's finally finally here. here. UCM the beat.
3: Alright guys, welcome back to Taking the Snap. Let's talk about the divisional round that's coming up. I am very excited about this week. This is going to be a great week of football coming up. Let's move on. Let's first start off with the AFC divisional round against the Jaguars and the Chiefs. I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs because they're at home. Anytime you're at home in the playoffs, you benefit pretty good. Let's say, you know. Now... anything's possible because here's a fun fact for you. Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday, but I think that's going to end this Saturday because I don't think they have the capacity to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Second game on Saturday, we have the New York Giants going into Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. I am going to take the Eagles in this one. Now, I took the Vikings in the... Wild card round, but I was wrong on that one, unfortunately. But I think the Eagles are going to prove why they belong in the Super Bowl. I think they're going to advance the, to the NFC Championship. Next divisional game, we have the Bengals and the Bills. I am going to take the Buffalo Bills. Actually, nah, I'm going to change my pick. I'm going to go with the Bengals here. The Bengals have played pretty well on the road. You know, I mean, when you finish on the road at 6-3, and three, that's pretty good. But it, it, it's in Buffalo. Now, I know it's in Buffalo, but, you know, just because the Bills are at home does not mean that they will win. Of course, it all depends on the ref, and if they think that the Bills deserve to go to the championship game, Last game of the divisional round, the Cowboys are going to take on the San Francisco 49ers. And to be quite honest, I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. I don't think the Cowboys have what it takes to take on Brock Purdy and the explosive 49ers offense. It was at least a good run, though. And the 49ers have a stout defense. Now, let's talk about what's next for Tom Brady. I really think... That he should retire. Because last night, he did not look at all comfortable in the pocket whatsoever. But, you never know. He could go to the Raiders, but I don't understand why he would want to go there after what happened to them this season. They completely collapsed. They signed Devontae Adams thinking, oh, we're going to compete with the Chiefs. But then the Chiefs were like, no, 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 no. No, not in my house, you don't. As long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback for the Chiefs, I think the AFC is going to run through Arrowhead. Thanks for tuning in to my first episode back of Taking the Snap. I am your host, Colin Sumler. Tune in next week to hear me preview the championship games. That's next Tuesday. Remember it, too. Have a great weekend, and go Chiefs.